Welcome to the Weight Loss for South Asian Women Professionals podcast. I'm your host, certified life and weight loss coach and physician, Dr. Amruti Chowdhury, MBBS. I lost over 92 pounds using the mind management tools I teach. In this podcast, you will learn how to lose weight for the last time by taking control of your mind. Once you deal with the mental weight, the physical weight will be much easier to release. If you're ready for a fresh new perspective on weight loss, you're in the right place. Hello, ladies. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I have an extra special treat for you. I have one of my amazing clients, Dr. Sophie Deer, on the podcast today, and I'm really looking forward to talking to her and getting her insight on coaching. But before we start, I just wanted to remind you that if you are thinking of joining the group coaching program, you have until the 25th of March to join before you don't qualify for the amazing planner that I've created. So this is a a specific planner that I've created combining the mind management tools and the actual art of food planning. So it's over 200 pages of amazingness. And it's the exact planner that I use in my food planning. And it's the exact questions and it combines all the mind management stuff and the actual specifics of food planning. So For example, you will be able to create a 90 day goal, then you'll be able to create a monthly goal, a weekly goal and a daily goal. It helps you evaluate your food plans and actually learn from any overeating moments without any judgment so that every time you overeat, you are actually learning from it. So this is a specific plan that I've created just for the group coaching program. And this is going to be available to you and it's going to be posted anywhere in the world to you when you join the group coaching program before the 25th of March. So if you've been thinking, okay, this is definitely something I want to do in the future. This is the time to join because I'm only sending out paper copies up until the 25th of March. So if that's for you, you can either arrange a consult with me and you can do that on my website, www.amruticoaching.com forward slash group, or you can sign up directly. So that is the introduction that I wanted to inform you of. But now let me introduce the amazing Dr. Sophie Dia. Sophie, I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. I'm I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So what I wanted to talk about, Sophie, today was your journey and a little bit about how coaching has helped you and then all the kind of specific ways you are implementing the coaching in your life. So does that sound okay? Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Okay, so tell me a bit about you, Sophie. Right, well, I'm Sophie. I am a 37-year-old. I am a doctor. I'm a psychiatrist. I've just, well, I'm just acting up as a consultant psychiatrist, which we'll hopefully talk a bit more about later and how I've used coaching in my new job. I'm a mum of two. I've got two little boys who are six and four. And I suppose I came to coaching slowly so I've always I've always loved food it has always been a major part of my life I love cooking I love sort of I mean particularly sort of time with friends and family and food is always a big part of that and I I, I sort of had no idea about sort of weight and things I suppose growing up but I just gradually put on weight and I wasn't really that unhappy about it until I got married and they as I was trying on the wedding dress they said if I lost a bit of weight I'd be exactly on a size I was like oh yeah I'll do this and and I lost I lost loads of, loads of weight I just restricted and I had a goal and I did it and it was great and so my dress fitted and I had a great wedding and then it slowly all crept back on again and then some more and 
then I, I wasn't so happy with it and I and it was a bit of a battle sort of over time I'd be restricting and then I'd you know, go on holiday or like a run of social things and put on loads more weight it was all quite depressing and it, and and I never did sort of Slimming World or Weight Watchers or anything. I just sort of did it myself. Or I did Noom, actually, which was an, an mm-hmm. app, um, again, restricting lots and mm. generally just not really feeling great on it. And I, then I got onto fasting and I, I really quite enjoyed that. And I thought, yeah, I've, I've made it. Like, this is all I need to do, just fa- intermittent fasting. And then that wasn't working either. And I was putting on more and more weight despite eating good foods and despite fasting. And I, I just sort of saw my life ahead and I was thinking I just don't want to be thinking about this all the time and feeling like it's going to be a lifelong issue although I was upper end of normal BMI I didn't feel like I was sort of you know physically compromised at that time but I was sort of thinking long term I want to be a healthy weight and I I want it to be easy so I've found found you I guess (laughs) (laughs) that is such an amazing introduction so there's so many things that I want to go into but firstly why don't you tell the listeners how much weight you lost, uh, what you started off at, what you ended, how long we've been coaching, just so they get a bit of an idea. So I think when I, I had my consult with you, I was around 65 kilograms. And then I didn't sign up immediately. Um, I thought, oh, it's a lot of money. And like, I'm a normal BMI. I've done this before. I'll just carry on. Then I managed to put on another great three kilos. And I was thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything except the coaching um, I was sort of half-heartedly planning my meals sometimes mm-hmm. wasn't feeling my feelings at all or uh, or really regarding my urges but well yeah that was something I've definitely learned so then I went up to 68 kilograms where we started and then I've lost 10 kilograms over Woo! the six months that's amazing <laughs> yeah it is and it's not it's really not felt like an effort compared to the other times I've lost 10 kilograms how was it different this time I suppose it felt it was definitely less of a battle I mean it it sort of just took a bit less brain space I suppose Mm. um and I I mean the yeah the coaching did so much more than just the weight Mm. loss I feel like it sort of really sort of just changed how I am when I'm in my head so before losing weight, I'd be thinking, I'd, I'd, I'd sort of be planning treats and stuff. And it would take a lot of time and effort sort of thinking about what I can and can't have and then feeling guilty about having it or not. Mm. And I, it felt like this time I could just sort of get on with it without mm. any of that sort of thinking and overthinking. Yeah. So it sounds like the mental chatter in your brain about food was drastically reduced. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. And so now you have that space in your brain to focus on the other things that you want to focus on, right? And you're not constantly thinking about, oh, do I need to plan this treat? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So another thing that you said was that you're a consult, well, you're acting up as a consultant psychiatrist. And I thought that this would be a really useful thing to talk about because there's a stigma in the clients that I coach, they think that they should know these things by now. So tell me your take on being a psychiatrist, dealing with thoughts, feelings, you know, dealing with the mind in your everyday job, being the most trained in that by being a consultant psychiatrist, and you still gaining so much from coaching. Yeah, it's nothing like anything in my training at all. And it was something I really felt before I came to see you because I I thought well you know she does things with thoughts and feelings that's what I do like surely I I could do this myself but it's it's not the same and I think it's I might ask people about their thoughts and their feelings but 
actually being aware of my own thoughts and feelings and how they relate to weight and goals and things that's something I actually I just haven't come across at all in my mm. training mm. I mean it's it's, a, it's the same sort of things but it's just a completely different perspective on it and I suppose so I, you might know everything about thoughts and feelings but actually help me sort of see how they applied to me was really helpful mm. and I think I mean you could probably you know, read a book about this you, you could probably understand it but without having that sort of external person help you apply it to yourself I don't think you could really do it properly even mm. yeah if you had had the training as such yeah amazing because I think uh, a lot of my clients come in feeling a little kind of like shaming themselves a little bit that like I should know this by now I'm an intelligent like I coach high performing women and they're successful in so many other areas of their life like you right so successful in all areas of your life but this was the one thing that was holding you back and so a lot of my clients think I should know this by now why don't I know this this is like you know she seems to be talking like on her podcast when I'm listening to her podcast I understand it intellectually but what you're saying is it's completely different when you're actually applying it right Right. And you were listening to my podcast for a while yes. and, and following me and things for a while before you actually signed up. Right. Yes. So tell me how that then when you decided what made you think, do you know what? This is now what I want. Yeah, I suppose it was I was listening to the podcast and I really I really believed in everything you were saying. And it, it sort of felt like an extension from fasting. I think, yes, because I'd already done the fasting. I was like, yeah, well, this is this is what I'm doing anyway. It just felt that actually having help apply it to myself was mm-hmm. where I I, I really needed it and it, it was a good time in my life because as I said I was a, a, you know applying for jobs and sort of thinking about the future my boys were not babies anymore so it wasn't mm-hmm. in that sort of breastfeeding sleep deprived fog mm-hmm. so I, I felt I could have a bit more space for myself and I could use that properly so it was a good time in my life and yeah as I said I was thinking about the future and how I wanted to mm. be and yeah I, d- I didn't realize quite how it would change my sort of outlook on mm. life and how it would actually sort of work for all aspects of my mm. life but even the weight alone would have been great <laughs> yeah okay so we're going to come back to that in a second but there's another mm-hmm. thing that you said about you'd had therapy and things before and I just wanted to see how how's coaching different to therapy in your opinion so it's tricky. I mean, it's, it, they're very similar, I suppose, in some ways, because they are the time and a space to sort of think about your own thoughts. I suppose with coaching, I, I, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not going because you've got an illness. You're not trying to sort of be fixed. I see it more of a sort of a way of being a better version of myself rather than it curing me or something. I suppose therapy is, as well wouldn't be you can't sort of use it sort of perhaps how you want to use it necessarily you would you know your goals would be around your illness or your mental health difficulties or whatever it is whereas I suppose coaching it's sort of gone into all areas of my life without mm. me really expecting that I guess yeah I think that's what a lot of my clients think they think well no I can get therapy for free on the NHS so why do I need to come to coaching and I guess the difference that I kind of wanted to highlight is that is different to therapy. So therapy is mainly focusing on getting you from where you're struggling in your everyday life to actually being able to manage with your daily life. And coaching generally gets you from when you're managing in your daily life to thriving in your daily life. So that's one of the differences. Another one of the differences is that with therapy, we focus mainly on on the past. So how has that been affecting you? What could have been going on in your past that has led up to this? And with coaching, even though we do go into the past, sometimes we focus mainly on the present and, and it to the future because it's more goals focused. So it's more like, okay, how can we get you achieving that goal that you want to achieve? And for my clients, 
it's weight loss. But then they don't realize that when we start um, applying the tools of coaching to one area of our life, all areas improve, right? So I guess that's where we could go to next, where tell me what are the other areas of your life that started improving when you got coached for your weight loss? So I suppose the first thing I noticed changing was my relationships, I guess, mainly with the immediate family first, so with my boys and with my husband, and then there's the wider family as well. I suppose I was sort of, again, it was less of the mind drama. Something which has been really big for me has been people pleasing and just noticing I was doing that. I didn't think I did, but I was sort of really opened my eyes that I was doing that an awful lot. And it wasn't doing me any favors, wasn't doing them any favors. And having that insight and just having other ways of being Mm. really calmed everything down and just improved relationships dramatically. Mm. Um, Give me an example. So, so, I mean, oh, sorry, give our listeners an example. Obviously I know your examples, but like, what would be an example so that they can relate to the things in their life? I suppose so with my husband I was very much he's done a podcast on sort of manuals and I had a sort of very strict manual thing oh I still do I you know I'm still working (laughs) on it Um, but it was a a lot I I resented him a lot for not doing as much childcare as I felt he ought to and it was easy to get into a place where I'd be looking after the boys sort of resenting having to do it and feeling he ought to be there and then when he was there I'd be cross with him and so we wouldn't have a great time at all and you know we've got we've got a good marriage like I, I love him to bits and like you yeah. know it's it's not it wasn't a problem that I'd mm. noticed mm. but now that I don't resent him and that I see what he does do and mm. can realize that what I when I'm looking after the boys I'm doing because I choose to and like yes. I, I could do it in so many other ways but this is how I choose to do it then it feels much you know nothing has changed I still you know the hours we look after them hasn't hasn't changed at all but I feel much more positive when I'm with the boys and then when Jamie is with us then I feel great and I can enjoy being with him and so we just have a better time as a family really and what, what I hear you saying is he hasn't changed at all the only person getting coached has been you right yeah. and that's improved your relationship drastically only because nothing else has changed but you've changed your interpretation of the events you've changed the way you look at the events and you're not expecting him to make you feel better because you know that the only things that make you feel better is your own thinking so you've worked on your thinking and feeling your emotions so that you don't need him to make you feel better right Mm, yes that's it yeah yeah amazing isn't that so fun and also the same thing happened with my husband like I used to have these nagging things where I was like oh he's not doing this he's not doing that but when I was in that mindset I wasn't seeing all the amazing things that he was doing and so even though you have a thriving marriage this will just take it to the next level where you can kind of just really embrace and enjoy your moments with them and obviously you're human you are going to still argue and fight but it's just the majority of the time it's so much better right yes yeah 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 all the time yes it really is yeah (laughs) isn't that amazing okay so how has it impacted you being a mum so uh, yeah I'm I think sort of one of the big things for early on was something about what's vaguely on time management we did more around that with work but I suppose it was around the feeling of abundance of time I think I was quite stressed a lot of the time and I think moving the boys on from one activity to another because I mean offering a feeling or something 
often because I thought we were late and what that would mean and what people would think of me um this people pleasing thing again mm-hmm. so I think I was hurrying them a lot and not really enjoying time with them and just realizing that we have plenty of time and thinking through the consequences of us not getting to places on time and actually doing less planning less has been quite liberating and I can actually focus on them a bit more Mm. and know also what's my feelings and what's their feelings and sort of get a bit of sort of perspective on that because I think it can get quite blurry and I know when you're emotionally dysregulated you're not in a great position to parent and you know their emotional problems become your own and vice versa and and, I, and I'm actually using the tools with them or with my eldest who's six mm-hmm. and and he loves it he's doing his own thought downloads I can reflect on situations with him I mean that doesn't really work in the moment when he's kicking and screaming but he's able to reflect on it and I can use the model with him which is really helpful for me as well and seeing his perspective on things and mm-hmm. hoping that he'll have these tools for life and um it'll just be a real positive for for them moving forward. Yeah. And I remember you actually shared with me a picture of him doing a model and, you know, actually being aware of his feelings. I mean, this is amazing. If I haven't shared it yet, I'm going to share it on my social media soon. So, or, and to my email list, because it was just phenomenal to see that at the age of six, he was able to, you know, access his thoughts and feelings. So tell me a bit more about that situation. Yeah. Oh, he'll be very proud to see his work. Yeah. So I think the big one for, oh, it was for me and then for him is the sort of realisation that your thoughts create your results. And I mean, with him, it was, I can't remember the, the one I, I sent you, but it was something happened and he was feeling sad or angry at school I think it might have been some sort of misunderstanding with the teacher and so he went off in the playground on his own and uh, then he was feeling sad and lonely and he thought no one's my friend and then no one came to find him and he was able to reflect on that and realize that because he'd had the thought that no one was going to be his friends he'd taken himself away that had led to the result of him being on his own mm. and he could he could think he said oh yeah well, next time a better thought would be um that I've had a, a tricky time I need my friends and then actually sort of reaching out and he, oh, he's like me he loves being around people yeah. and and so he's able to use that and sort of thinking it's sort of in the playground oh I won't go you know I, I, I want my friends I need my friends I've had a tricky time and and yeah find them rather than go off on his own so I mean, it's giving real sort of playground skills even though I'm not there all the time he can sort of reflect on our conversations and I think that's just really helpful for him mm. isn't that the most amazing thing we want as a mum like that's what we want for our kids right we want mm. them to be able to deal with their own emotions and actually um you know be able to react in a way that's going to serve them right and so this is one of the main things that my clients talk about when they're coaching because a lot of the times for themselves they think oh I don't really want to spend that much money for myself but when they realize that these tools are completely applicable to their children and they can start using them even very young like I started coaching my kids when they were like four and two, like, you know, when they started talking, we would talk about feelings, we would normalize feelings, we would, you know, talk about the 50-50, we would talk about failure and be like, how failure is the actual underpinning of success, how, you know, the only way to learn is to fail lots of times and then succeed at something. And so when you're able to do that with your children, well, firstly, you want to be that um, role model to them first, right? So you want to be the one doing it first because kids learn by watching what you do rather than what you say. So even if you're saying these things to them, 
that's great, but they're going to learn by watching what you do, right? Mm -hmm. So how was it different from how you used to be and what you were teaching your kids then by what you were doing to after coaching? So I suppose probably one of the big ones is around people pleasing. And I had this very strong role that, you know, effectively that other people's feelings matter more than my own. And so it was, we need to do this or this person will be unhappy. And I thought that was good. I thought that was like teaching them to be nice, moral, helpful people. But I suppose sort of realizing how that people pleasing had made that I wasn't putting my own needs as high up as they should be. And I wasn't looking after myself as I should be. And that it was, creating all this mind drama and I I didn't want that for them and I I suppose understanding what's the difference between being nice and people pleasing and being a good person and people pleasing was really really helpful and I could use that with with the boys thinking about what we do and the choices we make as individuals and what's right and wrong and then the reasons for doing it as well yeah and so, so that was really helpful yeah how would you describe it being different between being kind and people pleasing so I suppose it's the reasons you're doing so you you, it's the choice and and you could be kind to someone because you want to be and not because you feel you ought to be or that there's some rule that you should do it and and yes you can you can still do things which please people and feel good about it rather than resentfully pleasing people So even if your actions are exactly the same, if it's fueled by thoughts like I have to do it and I must do it for them to approve of me, even if your actions are the same, it's going to be fueled by that and you're going to be then people pleasing. Whereas if you're fueling it with actually wanting to do it, choosing to do it, and you can also think about, okay, when I'm doing this, like practically, when you're thinking about when I'm doing this, how does it feel in my body? Does it feel icky and heavy and something like that? Then that's most likely people pleasing. Whereas if it feels loving and warm and calm and something that you actually want to do, then that's most likely that you're doing it because you're choosing to do it instead of people pleasing. So that's one way of of deciding. Okay, amazing. So I also wanted to ask, how has it impacted you being a psychiatrist? How has that impacted you being a doctor? So I think it was a a really good time to do the coaching because it meant that I feel I've been able to choose a bit more about how I show up at work and the kind of doctor I am sort of starting a new job. It's a bit of a fresh um, sheet. It's sort of easier to make these changes. And again, it's the the people pleasing. I could feel like I'm more in control of my workload. I, I feel I can make some more positive choices about what I book in and I'm not doing things because I want someone else to approve of me and and then also this is a big one I'm really still working on this idea about doing more and well at work it's usually seeing more patients does not make me more worthy and Mm -hmm. and actually I mean that's I think before it's kind of buffering I guess I would see lots of patients to make me feel better about myself Mm -hmm. and to sort of prove to anyone watching that I'm very efficient and I'm doing a brilliant job but particularly making the transition from a trainee to consultant I mean well the clue's in the name you've got to be there to be consulted more which means having more space and I suppose that it felt quite so uneasy not booking patients in having space in my diary but it's it's meant that I'm actually a lot calmer at work I'm able to respond to situations better because I, I have the space and I'm not resenting the appointments I've already put in and I can be there for my team I can actually do a better job by doing less which is quite a revelation 
that was one of the main things we worked on with regards to your work, isn't it? Mm. Because your underlying belief was the more I do, the, the better. And that's what the majority of us think. So we tend to hustle in our life, hustle in our work, hustle in our business. When we're doing that in one area of our life, it often shows up in other. So for you, it was also, I need to do more with my kids to be a good mom. I need to do more with Jamie to be a good wife. Uh, I need to do more for myself on my to-do list to prove to myself that I'm worthy, that when I do, that means I'm successful. And so what we really worked on was how can we do less and actually be even more effective at that? And so what you said is that you're still working on this, which is what I wanted to highlight as well, that not everything changes in the six months that we work together. This is the foundation. And then, yes, there may be some people who want to rejoin again to keep working on these things because this is a lifelong thing. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean you can't get some astounding results in six months because we only work together for six months, Sophie, right? Mm, Yeah, yeah. And even then you were able to create so much change in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And it feels like I can now see where things can change, where I would accept things before. and uh, yeah, I, I feel like I'm much more in control of my future and I, I can do what I want and be who mm. I want. Yeah, amazing. Okay, so another thing that I wanted to highlight was that you lost 10 kilograms of weight whilst being normal BMI. What? That's <laughs> phenomenal. And plus in six months, despite no exercise, not feeling restricted, not feeling mm. hungry, going on holiday, going out to eat, you know, all of the things. Tell me a bit more about that. Yeah, so it was, it sort of, it just happened really, (laughs) it's the magic. Yeah, I suppose I hadn't realised what the real issues were. Again, despite, you know, having done a lot of reading about nutrition, despite fasting and, you know, doing it well, because I do things Mm -hmm. properly. And I suppose, uh, yeah, being a normal BMI as as well, I know I knew it was harder to to lose weight, but it, it wasn't that hard to make a few tweaks but mainly it was around the urges and noticing what was going on for me so emotionally around food and around mealtimes made yeah such a difference. So like what kinds of things specifically did we work on with your hunger and your urges and your emotions because they're the three things that you talked about right? So with hunger I think the main thing for me was uh, feeling that I well it's all linked isn't it feeling that I if I was hungry I needed to eat a lot I deserved to eat a lot and often overeating I think perhaps because of the fasting I think well you know I've not eaten anything for 18 hours whatever it is I deserve to eat a lot and then also well it's all really healthy food it's Mm. lots of vegetables I'll eat a lot and and I suppose the complexity as well which is um, something which might be creeping back in but was certainly much more of a problem before that because I loved food I wanted to cook a lot of different dishes I wanted to try new things and that just meant there was more to eat so I would eat more so that was something which um, has helped and I I suppose also I still really enjoy food and I still can try the recipes Mm. and uh, that yeah it's changed but it's not lost any of its joy I suppose Yeah, that's Um, a really important point that you can still be a foodie. You can still love food and lose weight. And so a lot of people think that, no, no, I love my food too much. But that for them is just an excuse, really, because they think that when I'm a foodie, then I can't enjoy weight. But that's just a thought error. It's that you can still enjoy your food, but you can still lose weight when you're paying attention to your hunger signals, when you're actually, you know, processing your urges and feeling your emotions. Right. And it doesn't have to be either or it can be and. Yeah. And and enjoy it more if it's 
planned I was at a birthday party at the weekend and I planned to have some cake and I did have the cake and I enjoyed the cake and then I stopped yeah. eating it which is right. not what would have happened before yeah so many of my clients and what you did at the beginning as well is mm. deprive yourself and then feel guilty when you were then eating and giving into the urge and then that would lead to an all or nothing kind of thing where you'd then be like oh it doesn't matter I've already failed so let me have x y and z as well but when you actually plan to have it even if it's off protocol then you don't have the guilt and the shame and everything that comes with it. You can actually have it, enjoy it, be present with it, and then say, actually, I've had enough. I'm full now. I will stop now. Yeah. Because you're actually planning to have things off protocol too. And that's not bad. It's just now that you're being in control of your mind, of your planning, of of your life, really, you are able to plan these things and do it from a place of love rather than restriction, right? Mm. Yes, yes. And yeah. It, yeah, it feels really good to be able to do that and yeah. enjoy food. Um, okay. So what I wanted to ask now was the things that we worked on with regards to you and your thoughts about you. Things that like self-care and things, they didn't come quite naturally to you that we, we had to work on some of those things. So tell me about that. Yeah, I'd always put my own self-care last. So, you know, I'd write a to-do list and I might put on it that I was going to do some Pilates, but actually I wouldn't get around to it because I'd Mm. I'd just like shove in some more household jobs and things and I'd just keep doing it but I suppose there were also other things I was doing which were self-care and were for me and I didn't realize and they felt like jobs things I should be doing or needed to do but actually I was doing because I, I wanted to and so that I suppose it just gave me a sort of different attitude I could enjoy what I was doing and think this is I'm doing this for me um even things like a skincare routine or something like that whereas I think before I was just like oh I need to do this otherwise my skin will be dry and horrible but I was like, actually no I want to do this and mm-hmm. I'm using this time for me to do this and I'm enjoying it and just that sort of different attitude to things mm-hmm. has, has really helped and yeah. I do have more time with sort of better planning less scrolling the internet and sort of buying things I don't really need Mm. (laughs) there's there's actually more time to do things I want to do yeah and by the way your skin looks awesome so if you're (laughs) listening to this on the podcast (laughs) you can actually watch the video on my um, Instagram or on my Facebook so make sure you go and check out the recording just to see Sophie's amazing skin (laughs) thank you (laughs) tell me a bit more about what you said like you're not scrolling as much you're not you know spent overspending and things how has the coaching helped with that I suppose it's not, it's not something we've sort of directly worked on so much at, at all I suppose I'm just aware of what I'm doing and mm. I'm not I sort of haven't, haven't really got a plan or anything I sort of notice when I sort of go to Facebook and I think oh hang on a sec why why am I doing this and I, I, I guess because it's not been a sort of huge issue for me, I, I don't have so much of the mind drama, but I can just stop and think, oh, I think that actually I'm buffering, I'm, I'm feeling whatever it is, often boredom or frustration or something. And then I, I, I can just feel that emotion and get on with things rather yeah. than just sort of wasting time and then yep. feeling guilty that I've wasted the time yep. and I don't have the time for my Pilates. <laughs> exactly that. So what really struck me there is that we haven't coached on any of these things and yet you're still able to improve all of them Mm. and the same thing with some of these other things we haven't coached in depth about them we may have mentioned it in coaching and things but because you have that awareness of your thoughts create your results that when you're thinking a certain way that creates a feeling you're able to feel your emotions then that awareness that acceptance of yourself 
allowing that, yes, 50% of my life is going to be negative emotion and that's completely okay. Doesn't mean anything's gone wrong. It's just that being aware of it, accepting it, and then being able to change the way you think about it to create a different result for yourself. Right. And Mm -hmm. because we've been able to do that with food, you've now been able to apply that to all other areas of your life, even though you haven't got formally coached on it. Right. Mm, Yeah. That's phenomenal. So cool. Yeah. So, so cool. Yeah. I'm so grateful because I mean, yes, it, it really, it has felt like magic and I've just been amazed at how you've got everywhere in my life without even trying. Isn't but, that yeah, so yeah. fun? So tell me, just say yesterday or, you know, in the last week, how you've used coaching and how you're going to continue using it in your life. Tell me maybe just about yesterday, what things went on in your brain and how the coaching has helped with your everyday life. So yesterday I had my first day without the boys for a while. So there was a lot to do and there was a lot I should should have done or, you know, I would have felt that I should have done. But I, I dropped them off at school and nursery and then I felt I could make a good plan um, where I did what I wanted. I did stuff which was for me and definitely for me and then actually I didn't finish everything I'd intended to do and it it didn't matter I I went to pick them up and you know I, I just wrote them on the list for another time and I mean I think before I might have then picked them up and tried to do the jobs I hadn't done during the day and ignored them and resented them felt frustrated but I, I actually we went out my big one and I went and did his reading in a cafe and I didn't eat loads of stuff I didn't eat anything I had a coffee and that was fine I in fact that was it It was a one meal day yesterday and actually I noticed I, I got to the evening and I was hungry but you know a little bit it wasn't mm. I didn't feel like I'd sort of you know climbed a mountain or anything it was just I had a good day and I enjoyed my meal and I'd, I'd got already got a plan for the leftovers so I wasn't then eating as I tidied up and wondering what I was going to do with the leftovers so yeah just generally a pretty normal day but really calm and yeah just a pretty ordered I guess yeah and what struck out to me was that you were kind to yourself even though you didn't do everything that was on your list you didn't make it a big deal. You didn't then go and overdo the things whilst you're with the kids. You spent time with the kids. You were able to still eat on protocol. You were able to put your leftovers away, which is something that we really worked on, right? Because yes. before you would be like, uh, no, there's leftovers. I need to actually eat them now. Otherwise they'll go in the bin or they, well, who's going to eat them? And there was like a lot about that, right? Yes, there was, and yeah. you were able to make some time for yourself, which was absolutely huge because that wasn't something that you were doing before. And mm. even if you were, you didn't think that you were doing it for yourself. And so you never got the benefits of the self-care because it was constantly about doing other things, right? Yeah. So this is just in one day. Yes. So just imagine how much you're getting for the rest of your life. Just imagine that mental drain. So for everyone who's listening, if you're thinking that this much can be achieved in just one day from six months of coaching, just imagine what the rest of your life would be like, which is why I wanted to ask you, um, Sophie, what would you say to people who are considering coaching? Yeah, I suppose it's it's just you don't know where it'll get you and how it'll work into all your areas of, of your life. And even if you're like, normal BMI and thinking well do I really need weight loss coaching it was for me it's quite a good place to start it was something tangible something I knew and and also it's kind of a good barometer for how everything else is going in my life you can see a number on the scales and you can look at your food plan and whether it happened or not and that's quite a a good way of starting with thinking about what what is going on at that time so 
yes it, it works for weight loss but everything else as well so mm. it's, yeah it's definitely well, worth it thank you and what was interesting what you said then was about you were able to look at the facts so you were able to look at what was on your food plan what the number on the scale was but you didn't make that mean anything about you Mm. At the beginning you did, but mm. then what changed was that you were able to normalize a lot of these things and neutralize the the feelings that you used to feel when you're looking at the scale, for example, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so what exactly did you like most about the coaching program, would you say? I think the, 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 yeah, the fact that it was tailored to me and that you just an amazing listener and you're, the way you can sort of reframe things and I didn't feel challenged or judged at all and... I tell you things which I thought were awful (laughs) really prove how much of a failure I was and I you know you're just so positive and encouraging and got me and challenging as well because I think yeah as I say I I knew it all already like why why was I doing this (laughs) Um, but I didn't obviously and I just felt you were just such a great support at getting me to sort of rethink things I wouldn't say gently but it it wasn't necessarily gentle effectively (laughs) I suppose it was it was right whatever it was so I think yeah that as a coach right I mean uh, in the nicest way I love all of you so dearly but as your coach I have to show you what your brain is doing where it's holding you Mm. back and sometimes that can be quite challenging sometimes that's not what you want to hear in fact most Mm. of the time that's not what you want to hear right because you're so used to doing it a certain way and it's often like most of my clients will make that mean something negative about them. But when you can do it in a way that's like so loving and like, listen, we're on the same team, we're we're going to get you to your goal. And yes, sometimes I have to say the things that are feel hard. If you're willing to do that, this is definitely the perfect place to be, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So I asked you one of these questions previously, what kept you from joining the uh, coaching program sooner? And you said the cost. So how would you, if someone else is thinking the same thing, what would you say to them? I mean, yes, it is a, a, a big cost, but I suppose I was also overspending a lot. So, and that, I mean, just numbers wise, coaching has stopped me overspending. So at some point I haven't done the math, but it pays for itself, mm. um, if only that. But I mean, I, I see it as something which will help me lifelong so it, it isn't the cost over six months necessarily it's the cost over the rest of my life I mean yeah my, my husband still had to pay for it at the time and I'm very grateful that he did but I felt that after so I, I did three months initially and then I signed up for another three months mm-hmm. and at that three month mark he could see the change I felt that I could could justify the spending I suppose to him mm. even though mm. he wasn't sort of you know directly benefiting from mm. from the calls well he kind of was right well, was, because yes. well yeah. it was indirectly me, yes. but tell me how he describes you changing I think he's very much aware that I'm, I'm kinder to him and I'm not mm. holding him to account of things which are sort of beyond his control or, or not things he, he wants to be doing I, I mean uh, yeah uh, yesterday I had a go at him about something which is <laughs> definitely <laughs> to do with my manual and not to do with him so it's yeah it's, uh, it's improving maybe yeah. he's gonna make me sign up for another six months to, <laughs> to deal with that you know it's so interesting most of my most of my clients come in saying no my husband thinks it's too much money and then I'm like listen he's gonna probably benefit so much from this anyway and so it's so funny because sometimes they come in saying my husband doesn't agree and then afterwards they're like when it comes to the if they want to renew or not they're like my husband's like here take the money yes. my life has improved so much yeah <laughs> so just pay it Rudy. just keep paying her yeah. so it's so funny that you like you say that because that's such a, a common theme so I love yeah. that yeah. <laughs> that you said that okay 
So as we come to an end, what I wanted to ask was, what was the thing that surprised you most about the coaching program? I suppose that it was, it did sort of go into all areas of my life without me trying and that it's given me a perspective on what is possible. I thought I knew who I was before and that I was sort of restricted by that, but Mm. this realization that I can change and it's all right to change and, you know, make unrealistic goals and aim for them. Is and really don't quite smash them. You yes. smashed your goals <laughs> yeah. and you're still smashing them, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> so can you see how you still have that little bit of like, Oh, uh, I don't like yeah. that success. You know, I yeah. don't like anyone talking about my success, which is definitely something we coached on as well. Right. Yes. <laughs> which is that success intolerance. Like I don't like anyone talking about my, my positives because I don't fully celebrate. So that's definitely something to still kind of tweak yeah. a little bit in your in your thought downloads right yes definitely it's yeah much easier to think oh what next rather than look yeah. what I've done <laughs> yeah and so if you were to describe look what I've done how mm-hmm. would you how would you do it so I suppose since starting coaching well I've lost 10 kilograms oh. I have decluttered the house I've lost many kilos from the house which has yes. been brilliant yes. um, and I have a an emptier diary and I feel better about it I suppose Mm. so yeah I I think I have less of a lot of things but feeling a lot better about it all and isn't that so interesting because when you lighten the mental weight the physical Mm. weight goes and the weight everywhere in your life goes Mm. yes what you're doing is you're simplifying like you're you're basically decluttering your mind decluttering your body from all the extra pounds Mm. and decluttering your whole space yes And that all starts with the mind. So when I say you, when you lose the mental weight, your physical weight is so much easier to release. That's what I mean. Right. Because that's where it all starts. Like when I'm gaining weight a little bit, I just know that it's an indication that I'm not managing my mind as well. Mm. So before I would have been like, no, it's because of the food that I'm eating. But now I realize, no, no, it's not because of the food because they're just the actions. It's actually what I'm thinking. That's fueling those actions. Right. Yeah. Okay, so Sophie, what are your last words for any potential listeners who are listening? Yeah, well, I just can't begin to describe how grateful I am for the experience I've had with you, Amruti, and and just like I'm amazed at what I have been able to achieve. And I would just absolutely encourage anyone to give it a go. And yes, you don't know what is possible. And yeah, I've yes just do it. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Sophie. Yeah, one of my coaches once said, how would you rate your life on a one to 10? So let's do it with you. What would you rate your life on a one to 10? Oh, that's pretty good. Now I think I'd give it a, a nine. There's still things I'm working yeah. on, but I'm, yeah. I'm there. <laughs> so that's what I said as well. And she said to me, what if what you think is a nine is actually a two? Mm, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could be. I guess that yeah I wouldn't have thought that I'd get to this nine so yes I could quite I can see that that's amazing yeah Yeah. so if you think what you're thinking is a nine is actually a two just imagine what more is is possible for you mm. and that's not from coming from a place of scarcity or not enoughness it's coming from pure abundance that oh my gosh my life is already amazing and it's going to get even more amazing because I'm learning how to manage my mind and I'm learning how to channel it and I'm learning how to feel the discomfort of growth and go for it because what's the worst that can happen I'll feel a negative emotion. I know how to feel my emotions. So it's all good. Yeah. So Sophie, I just wanted to say, it's been such an honor being your coach. You've been so amazing. You You have really dived into some of the, these really tough things that we coached on. 
and you've done it with so much grace and determination. And I just wanted to say it's been such an honor coaching you. And I'm so, so proud of all of the amazing results you've created and that you continue to create throughout life. So thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I wish you all the best. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. You're very welcome. So listeners, if you want to do anything, if you want to get these amazing results that Sophie has created in her life, join the May Group Coaching Program and make sure you join before the 25th of March, because then you get that amazing, amazing planner that I've created specifically for you. And it will be mailed to you anywhere in the world. So I'm going to love you and leave you all. Thank you so much for coming on, Sophie. And I will speak to you all soon. Bye. For more free resources and for information on how to work with me, visit www.amruticoaching.com.